my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Howdy, hey, and hello there. Welcome to another episode of Weird Finance, where we try to help you feel a little less weird about money, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Paco DeLeon, and on this week's episode, I'm chatting with Bryce Dallas Howard. I've been thinking a lot about the changes I've been seeing across creative industries. Almost all of my friends and community are creative professionals, and I've noticed that in this particular moment, there's a lot of shifting and pivoting happening. And the people around me are figuring out a new way to work. This constantly changing world is normal for folks that work for themselves, but it does seem like technology is playing a role in making change happen so much faster. For example, the life cycle of trends seems to be happening faster, and the ability to create content is faster, cheaper, and can happen at scale, which means we have a large, huge supply, more supply than we've ever had before. Now, as I try to understand what's going on and what this means for the future of creative work, the one thing I've found myself doing is reaching out to community from my friends to our bookkeeping clients. These conversations are helping me make it all make sense. So if anything, the breakneck pace of technology only highlights how valuable one-to-one human connection is. In this episode of Weird Finance, 
I chat with Bryce Dallas Howard about what it means to be a creative professional in a constantly changing world and why cultivating a community is essential to building a professional life in the arts. If you're a creative professional, may this conversation inspire you to keep going. Bryce Dallas Howard, thank you so, so very much for just taking time out of your schedule to hang out with me and to chat about all the wonderful things you're doing. And of course, to talk about creative entrepreneurs and uh, their finances. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Paco. I mean, as you well know, I, I, I stalked you for a long time, had the incredible pleasure of getting to work with you many, many, many years ago. I trust you with everything. <laughs> I really do. I really do. I appreciate so that. Well, when I was prepping for this interview, I went in, I climbed in my inbox and I searched your name to try to figure out when did that amazing cold email from Bryce come through? And it was back in 2017. And I got to say, the newsletter wasn't that old by then. It was maybe like, it was a baby. It was like about a year old. So selfishly, I need to know, how the heck did you find me? Are you just in a, a, gr a really great Googler? Were you Googling <laughs> creative finances? What the heck happened there? It was it was through Hellyab Bookkeeping that I like I, I was I was looking up people who were being candid about money and were speaking about it in a way that was inclusive, not exclusive, and trying to make things clear for folks as opposed to being like, look at we're such experts, like we're gonna make it like really confusing. <laughs> just trust us. And and so yeah, so I was just researching a lot. Like I don't think were you, because I remember when you started uh, a column on Cup of Joe and mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, look, Paco's writing on it. So I definitely knew wow. who you were by then because I was very excited. Okay, sorry to interrupt you, but I got to say, you know, you support emerging artists and the fact that you found me before I was on Cup of Joe, you walk the walk and you talk the talk. That's amazing. <laughs> no, I mean, you you are incredible and and also as, as a, you know, as, as an entertainment entrepreneur, as a multi-hyphenate, you know, as someone who is doing multiple things in multiple creative industries, and then also in the financial industry, like it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really big deal. And, and I went through, I went through kind of a period of time where I was, I was just really searching for, for answers because I was raised in a really kind of specific scenario, which is that I was raised in immense privilege by parents who did not come from privilege and had very intense kind of like mindsets around it and are, you know, incredibly weird about money. <laughs> and I say that with all the love in the world. And so when I, and then, and then I started working professionally and, you know, was financially independent by the time I was 19, 20, and so it, 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 like my parents didn't want to give me advice about money because they were, they were sort of like, we don't know if we trust anything <laughs> in oh. the world about money, you know, and, and stock market and all that kind of stuff. And, and so, so I was like, what do you mean? Like, who, who, where, where do I go for advice? Who do I trust? And then had kind of gone through a bit of a journey where it was just all of a sudden, like, you know, with like very fancy business managers early on in my career and just being like, I can barely afford to pay these business managers. But if I don't, you know, then I'm potentially opening myself up to all kinds of financial liabilities and terrible mistakes and blah, 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 blah. And, and I, I kind of like went through this 
that, you know, we're, 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 I'm like a little bit older than you, I think, but we're like in similar, we're, we're, we're millennials, millennials. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, like, like bought a house in 2007, whoopsie daisy, you know, <laughs> um, you know, made some, made some kind of like critical, critical errors was, was very, very, very scared about investing, incredibly scared about investing. I spoke with a, an amazing woman named Amanda Clayman, who worked at the Actors Fund and gave me I- incredible, incredible advice. And that's, as you call the Actors Fund and you, you get, you know, the entertainment fund, you, you, you get advice for free. And I was sort of like, what is it to be freelance and like to be an actor and you kind of get paid in weird ways and what they say you're making, you, you take home maybe like 20% of that. And, but then it's, you're paid in rebates because you work internationally. What, like, what's my net worth? Do I, am I negative? Like, what is it? And Amanda was so incredibly helpful and it kind of opened my eyes to like, oh, I need to go to, to folks who really understand how to speak to creatives and how to speak to your creatives that aren't necessarily, you know, it's not just like, oh, don't worry, we'll just take care of everything because you're just making so much. You're always going to make so much. And it was like, it, what, it wasn't it, that for me necessarily. And so I just, I so remember like, just like Googling and looking, just like looking for, you know, mentorship, like looking for guidance. And when I just found you, it was just such, such a huge aha because of the way that you the way that you approached everything was so sensible. And I, I know I'm like going on and on and on and I have a tendency to do this, but, no worries, but Paco, I'm just like, it's, it's to, I feel having come from so much privilege, I am allergic a little bit to like, like I just I shouldn't say allergic, but I, I, I react to people planning for a future that is limited to their own privilege and not kind of taking in the fact that like the future is like, this is like, like you, I'm assuming it's your, like you can swear on this, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like, it's like, it feels very fucked. Like it feels yeah. very fucked, especially in terms of, you know, the economy and safety and it, you know, just a few, uh, a future, a yeah. future planet. You helped me plan for this. Cause I was like, I feel weird planning for a future that I don't know is going to necessarily be here and you you completely demystified all of it, but you're speaking from a place of of possibility, but not rarefied possibility. Like actually, like what like what is this future that we are creating, and how can we do it, and how can we navigate it ethically and in a way that's not leaving ourselves, you know, out of the picture. And I just I I, I don't know why I felt so weird about it, but. But you made me feel a lot less weird about it in a way that changed my life. Changed my life, Paco. Absolutely. Wow. wow. Yeah. I, this is not, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting this, Bryce, but thank you for saying that. I'm glad that whatever the hell I said, it landed and it's given you, you. I knew that I could trust you. Because mm. a lot of people that I was working with are like, such great people, but they're, they're, they're part of institutions. Yeah. And you just, you know, it's like, it's like, listen, like no offense, you're awesome. But like, it is like the institution is, is so broken and, and I'm so confused by it. And, and I know you're advocating for me, but like, it's almost impossible to fully advocate for me because of the institution and just, 
just being able to lift that veil and and make it simple and be like, no, you do need to invest. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you're not evil if you are, you right. know, like it's, you know, all of that, like all of that is really, like it, it helped my parents. I turned around and I was like, mom, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. what I think you're getting at and, you know, what you're feeling is what a lot of people are feeling right now, because I've been having a lot of conversations with creative folks and everybody has been like, things have, are just different. You know, 2023 was a rough year for a lot of my friends who are in media and podcasting, making sponsored content on Instagram. Obviously, Hollywood was going through a thing in 2023 as well that really showed that the industry is is changing. It just felt really unstable. And, uh, you know, you've been swimming in those waters your whole life, basically. You've been watching your parents, your dad, your grandfather swim in those waters. But I'd like to know if, you know, what you've observed anecdotally from your own experience, does it seem even more uncertain these days than, than you thought it was going to be when you, let's say, first joined the industry? And how do you navigate that level of uncertainty? I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing that, that, that is the trickiest part of it, because I think that the, the biggest shift that I've seen, God, I mean, honestly, there's, there's, there's been so much that, that, that has changed. I mean, this is a very, like the entertainment industry in the form that it currently sort of exists in is, is very young you know, like the movie industry specifically is a very, is a very young industry. And, and I think what is, is the opportunity now is that there is more access than, than ever before to be a storyteller, you know, to, yes, to, sure. to, there's a lot of like stuff that stories and content and all that kind of stuff that we consume, but but in terms of the democratization of technology, distribution, all of that, like, like never before you can be like, you can create your own work and you can find an audience in a very, very, very meaningful way. Right. And that is profoundly powerful and really exciting. And so that, that is what's possible. What is also real is that almost no one wants to pay for that. There's the rub. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do it for free. Right. You can do it for free. If you're not relying on, on making a living, you like there is a path, a very powerful path. But the tricky thing is people assume that if you have an audience that you're making money. Right. I've been seeing people like there's one example of an influencer who had like I don't know, a million followers, a good amount of followers. And she tried to sell t-shirts and then nobody bought them. And that to me was like, oh, wow. Okay. I, I want to make sure to not put my ladder against the wrong building, so to speak, when it comes to yep. participating in media. So let's talk about the ways in which you help people navigate this sticky situation where we have tons of opportunity, complete, you know, openness. Anyone can get a microphone and, you know, record a podcast, right? And then the other side of that, which is, okay, but how do you navigate that as a career? And so I would love it if you would talk a little bit about Nine Muses Lab and the journey that that has been and the work that you do through through the lab. Yeah. So it's, it's 
so just like, I, I, like, and, and I won't like go on and on and on and on about like, like privilege, 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 but I just, I do have to say certain things because it is, it is really important because inevitably when you're, you know, hearing someone share their story or, you know, offer advice in, in one form or another, like y- y- you got to know certain things. So like, sure. I am, I am a third generation creative. My family has been in the entertainment industry at various levels of su- success and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, but in the entertainment industry for over 70 years, seven, zero years, the, the entertainment industry is, is just about like a little over a hundred years. So, so my kind of access and front row seat to, to multiple different versions of careers, male, female, director, writer, actor, failures, successes, all of it. It's, it's, I, I've, I've had, I've had access to all of it. And the, the insights that, that I've been privy to is like, I mean, it it is beyond invaluable because it's all been normalized. Mm. All of it has been normalized for me. And what I noticed when I first went to college, yet another huge privilege. I went to a, a liberal arts college. I went to a college to study acting. I mean, that is like, that's like, you know, like what it, I can't even believe that that's a thing. And so when I went to college, so already the folks who I'm, who I'm with have gone through so much to get there. And so many people in their lives have made so many sacrifices in order to be like, yeah, my kid is like going to be an actor, like whatever, whatever, you know, going to, take their shot at being an actor. First thing that I noticed was that there was, that there was a real expectation that you were going to make a living early. And I was like, Oh no, people don't know. People don't know that like, and, and also that the idea was that if you had other jobs, that that was a failure. Wait. Okay. I want to clarify here. So you're saying that when you went to college to study acting, the narratives you were hearing were you're going to make it early on. But the reality that you're saying you saw because of the privilege of observing your family in the industry was no, 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 no. Nothing is guaranteed. And that's not always how it works out. Is that what you're saying? And it's not even making it. It's that if you make it, that you're able to support yourself. That's that's right. the lie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's It's the how long it takes to make a living for the most successful people because there's not a profit margin. Got it. And because of the amount of money that is expected for you to invest in your own career, hiring a publicist, you know, Sydney Sweeney spoke about this. Like I took out a loan to get a publicist for my first movie. Wow. Who co-signed that loan? My parents. Yeah. Do I have a trust fund? No. Am I connected to a name that people were like financially like, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, like immense, immense opportunity there. And so while I was like sweating it over being like, oh my God, I'm taking on a loan to like get a publicist and all this kind of stuff. Like it's, it, it's insane. It's insane that that like that, that to even kind of get a start, that that's sort of the expectation and that people think that. You know, I mean, the way it used to be in kind of like early Hollywood days is I want to say it's like, like two or three ways, two or three ways. 
A, the studio is paying for everything. Okay. Which is very complicated. That's a very complicated dynamic. And, and there was not a lot of freedom or empowerment in those dynamics or a spouse, you know, or mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're independently wealthy, like right. you're coming from a family or something like that. Right. So the studio is paying for it. The spouse is paying for it. Or you have a patron. And that's, and that's why they say, you know, this is like what, like the second oldest profession wow. <laughs> in the world. And that's the thing to me. So going back to kind of like the nine muses lab and all that kind of stuff, I, I'm incredibly passionate about just discovering, illuminating, speaking about finding ways to create pathways for emerging artists to have sustainable careers in the entertainment industry. I love that. And emerging artists, you know, emerging, I, I, I kind of focused on that because I taught at NYU for years and I was very confused as to why it was like, okay, there was all this focus put on learning a craft and having an education, but very little focus put on how to have a career where you can make a living in the, you know, in, in the long run and what that needs to look like and what that lifestyle is like. And, and it's, and and part of the reason is not because people are like, intentionally withholding it's that it's that it is confusing like it is it is it's it's kind of constantly breaking you're breaking new ground if you're you know trying to enter the entertainment industry but there can be more attention paid on it and and there and there are pathways and for me I think that the key and this is like not uh like this is not going to be a big surprise is the key in every single industry is is mentorship mentorship Mm -hmm. apprenticeship and without that kind of real world access, it's you don't know what's normal. And, and that goes back to kind of what I was saying, you know, 10 minutes ago when you asked the first question, <laughs> that I'm still answering in a long-winded way, is that it's, it's knowing what's normal so that you're not internalizing the rejection and you're not internalizing how hard it is is kind of everything. And that's what I love so much about your book, Paco, because you speak so much about mindset and shame and like what what like what that does to our decision making. And so many people quit really early because A, they put way too much pressure on their art to support mm-hmm. themselves. Way too much pressure, which is totally also understandable. Of course, it's like you want to like motivate yourself and all of that, but but that is sort of a generational thing. I think I think now folks understand the hustle more, whereas whereas more when I was like in my early twenties and stuff, a lot of people thought like, oh no, I need to be like a like a you know a tortured artist and starving artist and and and, and you know if I just can starve for long enough and it'll work. It's like oh no 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 like it's it's really really important that there's a sense of like, oh, okay, you want to work, you're creative, you want to work as an artist. Okay, it's going to take a long time to find your voice, to find your community, to find your way within that, you know, to put your ladder up against the right wall, like what you were saying. And you want to give yourself freedom, as much freedom as possible to, to make choices that are right for you. And, and, and so how do you not kind of put that on your art so that you're suddenly having to earn a living doing creative things. Because the second that that happens, unless you have a mass to savings, 
it's like so intense for the brain. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's like the, it, it, it's like failure is inevitable. I think if, if that's the case. Well, one of the things that, you know, I'm not an actor, I have never done an audition, but I have friends who are and what they tell me they have to do. And then ultimately to get rejected for things like you just, you are fundamentally not right for this, right? I would cry all the time, one. And two, that's tied up in your ability to earn. So I think, yeah, you guys are probably dealing with a, just like a ball of wax that other creatives, sure, they deal with it. But that to me feels, I think, so much more personal, that level of reje rejection, you know? <laughs> Maybe, but I do think that all creatives deal with it. Because like, I mean, like you're you're a musician, right? Yeah. And and an artist as well. Yeah. So like that's really personal. I would I would argue that's even more personal than acting because I'm saying someone else's words. Mm. You know, I'm putting on a persona. Right. Whereas like music is like <laughs> and and so it's and it's from you. Like it's it's drawing, like it's like you in the page. Like I can't be like, oh, the director messed it up. There was a great take. Like, there's no, there's no hiding. <laughs> there's no hiding. And so it is, it's such a vulnerable thing. And it comes from, hopefully from such a place of yearning to express. And, and the moment that that, that, that that form of expression is the thing that's going to either ensure that you're eating that day or not, it's, I, I like, it's, it's so loaded. It's so yeah, loaded. That's a great term. I, I'm into I, I'm into lots of jobs as long as possible until you literally are like, it is costing me money to continue to be a nanny. <laughs> like it is costing me money. Like I will make more money committing myself full time to acting than I will doing these other, you know, jobs. Yeah. But but I, it's it's like we've had this conversation behind the scenes. Like sometimes it's like like right advice, wrong person, I might sure. be the wrong person to give that advice, you know, because, because I had such a safety net, right? I, I, I've always had a safety net. So it's, it is more about, I think, finding ways for you to feel empowered, finding ways for you to feel secure and committing early on to your, your financial life being something that is like the stability of your, your financial life is, is paramount. I agree. Not something to, to, I hate to say this, to sacrifice for your art. Isn't that weird? No. But I mean, <laughs> I'm about survival here. I'm talking about survival. Like, it's like, I'm not saying like, well, listen, oh, you want to go like, you know, buy a house and go on vacations. Da, 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 da. Like I, I'm talking about the, like, you don't want to jeopardize your survival for your art. Yes. I agree with you. And to be fair, I have the same advice. So maybe it's right advice, okay. right person advice yeah. there, right? What are you saying? So, <laughs> and so the way that I live my life, I run a bookkeeping agency. We have a book of between 50 and 60 clients. I have four bookkeepers. That is my day job. So during the day, you, I am taking calls with clients. You know, I am writing emails, creating rate sheets. I'm thinking about that. But I also have the podcast and I write on the blog and I've got a book, but I would not be able to survive off of a book deal that trickles out the payment over three years. I would not be able to survive off of, you know, the podcast 
payments. I, I just couldn't do it. So I get exactly what you're saying. I've I feel so damn lucky that my timing was, I think I have really great timing of like coming on the scene right when the world was like, yeah, we want to hear from somebody like you, somebody that looks like you, that talks like you. They call themselves Paco. This is perfect, right? And so I think timing has been really great. And I've just, some decision. I've made some really good decisions and I've made some really bad decisions and I've made the most of those bad decisions, but it hurts. It really hurts to tell an artist that they need to have a day job for their stability, but... I am that artist. I spend, you know, a lot of time walking around and thinking about ways to be creative in the marketplace, but I also, I'm just creative to be creative. So I spend a tremendous amount of time in my room writing songs that no one will ever hear. And I didn't, you know, in my twenties, I didn't think that that would feel like enough. Not sure, but anyway, (laughs) they'll hear your songs. (laughs) Thanks, Bryce. But anyway, (laughs) like when I was younger, I, you know, and maybe a little bit more, I don't know, emo, I guess that would have bummed me out to know that that would have been my reality in my 30s and going into my 40s. But now that I'm here and I'm not so frantically worried all the time about my finances, it does just really take the pressure off. So let's keep going on this vibe and talk about some of the ways that emerging entertainment entrepreneurs, and other creative professionals can take things into their own hands and build a sustainable, long-lasting career. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think one thing that, that has come up for me that I always try to mention in any of my classes with students, there's this great Ira Glass quote, and I wish that I had it right here so that I could quote it, but basically what he speaks to is that, you know, as creatives, our, our talent is our taste, right? We have like, we have, I don't want to say like great taste, but we have taste. Like we have opinions mm-hmm. about, you know, music and aesthetics and performance and storytelling and, you know, all of it. And what's so painful as a creative is that it takes a lot of time when you start creating for your own work to meet your own taste level. Like it really takes time. And so I would say that that's, that's the first place to, to, to look at in your life. And, and the way that I talk about it in, in my classes is there's making it and then there's mastery. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about mastery right now and a commitment to mastery and what that looks like in your life. And there's, you know, also Malcolm Gladwell talks a lot about, you know, 10,000 hours and all of that. And so what, what can a life look like? that is committed to that sort of like internal creative excavation over the long run, you know, over, over a five-year period of time, a 10-year period of time, a 15-year, 20-year period of time, and creating a lifestyle that allows for that. In your book, you talk about how important it is to take time every single week to have a financial planning, like, session with yourself, with your partner, whatever it is, just like, that's a priority. And I think you were like, the, the exception is like, if you have a vacation, but <laughs> like it's, it's, it's just a priority. And so if it's something where, whether or not you're making money, being creative, committing to being creative, no matter what, right. in, in, you know, whatever your 
lifestyle is, whatever your abilities are, whatever, whatever is possible for you, just making that commitment and, and starting there because that instantly kind of separates, oh, I create when I'm earning or I create in order to earn. It's just like, no, I create because this is, this is my commitment. This is my discipline. This is what a path to mastery looks like just on a very kind of like simple level. And then separately from that, thinking about making it. And you, you talk a lot about journaling. I love journaling and doing, you know, having journal prompts. And, and, and so oftentimes I'll suggest a journal prompt where it's like, what does making it look like to you? Like, actually, does it look like getting manicures every week? Does it look like having homes on multiple coasts? Does it look like taking care of your family? Does it look like, you know, community organizing? Does, does it look like, I don't know, surgery? I don't know. What, what, what does that look like to you? Like, what does making it look like to you? What kind of freedom are, are you given in your work? Like what, what's suddenly possible? And, and the more that, that kind of what making it, cause it's like unapologetic, right? Like it's like not being guilty about it what that looks like for you and, and, and getting very, 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 very clear. Oftentimes you find you're like, okay, yeah, there's, you know, all these things that would like, <laughs> like Nia, who you've met, like when Nia first did the first did the free ride, she was like, I want to be able to wear just jumpsuits without exception. <laughs> That's like what making it looks like <laughs> so, yeah, whatever whatever they show up in like a like like high powered situation like wearing a jumpsuit I'm like and that's what making it looks like so I think understanding those two sort of like buckets for yourself and 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 being clear on really at the end of day at the end of the day what making it looks like and then finding finding you know just keeping yourself honest in that journey ongoingly. And then meanwhile, the number one priority is that you are focused on mastery as an artist because without mastery, you're not going to make it right. Like for real, for real, that would be just like, that's more a mindset kind of, you know, mindset territory. Absolutely. Do you have any practical insights, like maybe creating your own work and the value of that or the pain of that and, and yeah. maybe like how, how does marketing even fit into all of this? Yeah. So it's marketing is so interesting because social media, for instance, is it's, and we talked a little bit about this before. It's in, incredibly, incredibly powerful and also very consuming and potentially dangerous. Like I literally did an episode of Black Mirror about oh, <laughs> so yeah, the that's dangers right. of like social media and trying to sort of like, um, you know, the conflation with up, upward mobility and like all of that. And, and, and I think, and, and so I struggle with this. I struggle with this. And I even struggle with sort of like marketing and social media and, and ha- like the intersection of that as a creative. What I would say is that it's very, it's, it's, it's important. It's not essential, but it's, it's going to really help you if you position yourself to be able to be discovered. So like Paco, you, I don't, I don't think that you like, okay, you, you, you did a great job with the timing of your life. Sure. I don't think it's just because of timing. Like you, you made choices so that you, you put yourself on the court 
if you put yourself out there, you know, and, and, and I'm sure that was really scary. And you, I mean, I I know because I, I've read so, because I'm an extreme fan, like you've always risen to the occasion, like everything out there, you should be incredibly proud of. I'm sure it was very, very, very scary. Thank you, Bryce. Every, every week it's a little bit scary. Yeah, I'm sure. But it's incredible, incredible. And so it's, it's, you know, finding a way to put yourself out in the world so that you can be discovered is kind of specific to like acting and actors and, and all of that, but so that people can see you and yeah. know you and hear you and find you. And it's, it's, I think for actors, that's kind of scary because also we're not necessarily influencers. Like we're not like, like the whole point of acting is that I like to become someone else. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a little, you know, boring, like, (laughs) like I'm a little basic in my regular life, but, but I get to experience a lot of amazing things when I'm acting. And so sometimes it's uncomfortable for me to market myself because I'm like, there's literally nothing to photograph. Like I wear the same thing every day. Like there's a, I'm not, you know, like what am I, what, what am I selling here? But I think it's, it's just, you're just, oh, this is, this is, this is a fun thing. This is, this is like a fun thing. I have this phrase called the grandparent effect. Okay. Which is, just, this is just something I made up and has to do with social media. And it's, it's basically you want, and this, this is an idea. You don't literally have to have had an experience of having grandparents in your life to understand what this is. But The idea is, is that like, you're not going to necessarily be calling your grandparents like every day or every week, but you want to give them enough so that they have bragging rights. You want to give them enough information so that they can be proud of you. And so they know what's happening enough so that they can tell all of their friends what's happening. And so it's, it's the grandparent effect. You want, you want to put on social media, like this is, this is, you know, if this work, this is not necessarily for everyone, but what I suggest you know, for students and stuff is to, is to put enough out there so that if someone said, oh, you know, so-and-so like I could quickly just rattle off. Oh yeah. They're working on this, 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 this right now. Oh, it's so exciting. Like, even if they hadn't spoken yeah. to you. And I think, I think that that's important. And I've, I, I struggle with that. I hide a lot. You know, it's like, I grew up in a public family. So I'm sort of like with being like, you know, wanting to keep your private life private, but I, I do think positioning yourself so that you can be discovered and putting enough stuff out there so that people who are excited about you and are fans of you can, can kind of like rave about you. Like, like a lot of people in my life, like knew who you were Paco, because I would, because I would like talk about you and, you know, forward your newsletter and like, just, and show interviews that you had given and just, just stuff like that, because you were really putting yourself out there. And I think that that's an uncomfortable thing, but if it, the, the putting yourself out there doesn't necessarily have to be just in exactly the lane that you're in also, you know, sure, it's like, you're putting your humanity out there in a way. That's powerful. And yeah, I can definitely relate. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. 
Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I bought another pair of shoes online, and I didn't even need them. It just popped up as an ad that said they were on sale, so I didn't even think twice before buying them. Ah, yes, the struggle against impulse purchases is so real. They get the best of us sometimes. How often does this happen? Honestly, more than I'd like to admit. I just can't resist a good deal. When it comes to sales, the fact that the deal could expire is one way these companies make you feel a sense of scarcity and urgency to buy. One way to fight against this is to wait 24 hours before buying. If you still want it the next day, then consider it. And if it's gone, maybe you didn't really need it anyway. I never thought about it like that. I'll definitely wait before buying, and I'll definitely consider how sales tactics are influencing me. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. Weird Finance. Weird Finance. The analogy that I like to make is if it's your goal to have somebody knock on your door and, and ask you, hey, would you like to do a thing? Would you like to do a creative thing with us, right? 
normally they're not just going to like shut their eyes and point on a Google map and knock on a random door. They're going to knock on the door of somebody they've seen doing something relevant to the project that they have in mind. So that's how I like to think about it. It's scary to put yourself out there and to market. I know a lot of creatives are probably even sitting there going like, yuck, I hate that word, marketing. I like the way that you put it, putting your humanity out there. The other perspective that I think about when I think about marketing is I'm just a person who, you know, wants to connect with another person. And I think about that person as I'm writing something or recording a podcast or whatever it is we're putting out there. So I think that can make it a little less daunting as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think also acknowledging like it does, it does take courage to do that. And it is, it is hard. Like it is, it is, it's hard to, to be like, all right, I'm going to like turn the camera on myself and I'm going to say this thing, or what do I want to say? Or, you know, what can I uplift? And, and, and it's, 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 it's definitely easier to hide out. Not to say that it's bad to hide out because I do think that, you know, having like, it's, it's like privacy above all, all else. Like you shouldn't put yourself out there if you feel uncomfortable, like you shouldn't feel that pressure, but it is, it, there is a huge value in it. And if you can find a way to bring your humanity to that pra- practice of kind of sharing and opening up a little bit, it's, it's valuable. I mean, also just, it's, I mean, it's, it's the difference also between like, okay, are you marketing yourself? Or are you marketing a project? Are you, are you, you know, and, and it's much harder to sell yourself than it is to sell a project. Like I'm going right now to promote Argyle and, and I get, I get very nervous for promoting, you know, to go and promote something and really all of that and the outfits and, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but because it's just, it's, a, it, it's, it's, you just don't want to mess up. And sure. there are, there's a, a lot riding on it and, and there are a lot of folks who show up and you don't want to like miss somebody in the line and, you know, just all of that kind of stuff. But it's, it's, that is, is so much easier than social media. <laughs> like doing a big giant campaign is so much easier than just being like, what, what do I say today? You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, so I feel, I feel for, I feel, I feel for everyone with it. Cause it is, it is kind of a thing. I, I will say that I also, that if it doesn't feel right for you, you don't have to. But what you're saying, Paco, is correct. Like it's, it's, you do need to sort of like knock on folks, you know, you are sort of soliciting work. Right. Absolutely. So, Uh, and I'll just say, I think I can put a nice gentle end cap to this bit about social medias. If you've been feeling intuitively, you're listening and intuitively you've been hearing a little voice saying, hey, you know, I should put myself out there more and or I have an interesting idea, a way to communicate my work that is unique or I just want to try something out. But you've been scared. I'm scared all the time. Bryce is scared all the time. So let this be a nice gentle sign that we're scared and just try to do it scared and see what happens, you know? Well, Bryce, I want to hit you with some rapid fire questions. But before I do that, is there anything else you wanted to tidbits, pieces of advice, insights, anything I left off no, no. What what I will say, because you mentioned this and I didn't really speak to it and it is so, it's like so, 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 so critical. 
So for myself, what I've experienced and what I've seen is that in order to have a career in the entertainment industry, for me, I need to be a multi-hyphenate. Like I need to be creating my own work and not just creating work for myself, but creating work for others. And, and that's a big key because when you're kind of coming up and you're meeting a lot of really charismatic, dynamic, you know, interesting people, it's sometimes you're not the most dazzling person in the room and you need to listen to that instinct. And sometimes like your ability to see someone else's sparkle and, and uplift that and encourage that and be like, oh, you're you're dazzling, maybe a little disorganized. I'm organized. I can help organize you. Let me assist you with this. Like that, that I think is so key because work begets work and, and we all need support from one another. And for me in my life, whether it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's, I call it, I also call it networking in reverse. Hmm. Like instead of trying to look for people who are above you to network in, like, you know, like network, like horizontally network in reverse. Like I, I, I always say that with my students. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just vying for a job that I'm hoping that you all are going to get into (laughs) (laughs) when you're all calling the shots basically. And, and so this, this idea of, of, looking at your career, not just for yourself, but as a career amidst a community of creatives and finding opportunities for the creatives that you are like, oh my God, like this is like, if this person is not, if their work is not getting out there, a crime is being committed. And just having that attitude about as many people as as possible in your sphere of influence and then see what happens, you know, and that might look like actually actively creating projects with them. That might just be about like keeping tabs on them and seeing if there are like critical moments that you can kind of like, maybe just be like, rah, 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 or bringing material to them. Just being like, I'm just a huge, like, like fan. I really just want to work with you. And, and sometimes also like for me, I happen to like, my friendships are often through work because I'm like, you know, that's how I connect the most. And there I have had friendships where I still haven't worked with the person in the way that I would want to, but, oh my God, like I am invested in their (laughs) career. (laughs) Like invest, like all I want to do, like I will never forget in college, there are, 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 well, there are a few people, but, but two people in particular that I was like, all I want to do is work with you. And they, and good friends, all this kind of stuff. And one person is named Leslie Headland, and she's absolutely amazing. And she's written and directed a new Star Wars show called Acolyte that's going to be coming out. And she did Russian Doll. She's like cool. an absolute star. But I went to NYU with her and I was just like, oh my God, this, this voice, this human, like, I just want to follow Leslie Headland around. And and yes, we're, we're friends, which like, she would be like, this is really weird that you're like <laughs> saying this price, but, and even though it hasn't, like, we haven't actually worked together, it's, I just, like, I, I, like, I'm just, I'm one day, I hope it'll happen. And if it doesn't, like, I'm just so excited because her career is so dazzling. I, I don't even know if that makes sense. It's just, I, I think it's just finding people that you admire early on 
and, and actively rooting for them is, is some of the best ways to continue to have a career. And I, I, I don't know how, how else to put it. No, I, mean, I agree with you. Cause it makes me think about like when I was playing in bands and we would set up shows and, you know, we had a whole crew of like bands that we loved and, you know, the crew would get bigger. We'd set up different shows and if we couldn't play a show. We might throw that opportunity to another band. And, you know, you have this little community of people and it's, I mean, it's fun above all, like connecting with other like-minded folks who are blowing your mind at some of the stuff that they're creating. But yeah, of course there's, there's opportunity involved and keeps you in the scene keeps you relevant. They, you book them for one show, they book you for another show. It's, when I think about it in that context, I'm like, oh yeah, what you're saying makes absolute sense. Champion other people's work. And the thing that I had never really thought of, and I think this is going to be a little seed planted in my brain, and I'm really excited to see what blossoms from this. So thank you for planting it. Make work for other people. That's nothing that I'd never really considered. Like, what, do, what would that mean for me? How could I, how could I help, you know, support another person maybe within this industry or whatever. So I'm going to, you know, pour water on that and see what happens, Bryce. The person who I have seen do that so much is two actors, actually, so much. Octavia Spencer and David Oyelowo. Octavia Spencer before, like the help wouldn't have been a book without Octavia Spencer. Like she's a muse to like everyone, everyone she works with. And she's a connector. Like Mm -hmm. it's like, even if she's not the producer, movies are happening because she's having conversations with people and connecting them with other people. David Oyelowo is the other person. Hmm. Like oh. it's just things are ha- are happening because these individuals are seeing what's possible and whether or not being given the credit for it, you know. And and thankfully, thankfully like Octavia and David are well-known as robust, incredible, prolific producers. But long, they were doing that long before they were seen in that light. So it's, it's and I've been on the receiving end of that too. You know, they, they've been incredibly, incredibly, incredibly supportive, incredibly supportive. And it's, it's, it's very empowering and, and remarkable. And, and so, yeah, seeing all the, talented people that are coming up or people that you're working with and reaching out and just finding ways to, to show up and collaborate. And, you know, it's, it's, it's such a joy to be in proximity to talent, you know, totally. it's such a privilege. It's so, it's so exciting. And then especially now, like I'm 42 and I've been working professionally for over 20 years and just seeing the kind of the endurance of so many careers and and sometimes it it really it really takes a while and it is completely wrong how long it takes but for those who are you know who who stick with it it's just it's 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 pure it's like pure magic like it's it's pure magic all the time i'm constantly bumping into people and we're looking at each other and we're like can you believe it? <laughs> Can you believe it? And like that this worked out or that this happened or that, you know, this person talked to that person who then did this and then they did the thing. And it's, and, and, and seeing things work out is beautiful, but you can't do it alone. You have to be part of a community. And if you're not being, you know, either, either 
be a mentor or be an apprentice. I'm, I'm always an apprentice. Always. I have so many folks who I go to for, for guidance. And I hope that there's folks who feel that they can, you know, come to, to me for that as well. And that's, that's the way that's like how this continues on. And it take cause it takes people lifting the veil. Like what, like what you do, Paco, like if you didn't do, if you don't do this, like if you don't like write this, you know, and like <laughs> out there, but for real, like it's, then people don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you're doing it with acting in the entertainment industry. So I see you and I raise you, Bryce. And, you know, I was thinking about what I wanted to do in 2024 in terms of what do I want to focus on? And I really wanted to reach out to more people. Last year I was bogged down with just like a lot of admin stuff, you know, who knew launching a podcast had so many moving parts. And this year, I think I'm going to have more space to make connections. And just hearing you talk about that was, I really feel like the universe knows that that's what's on my mind. And it's really speaking through you to me. So I appreciate that, Bryce. I want to hit you now with these rapid fire questions, if you will uh, play ball here. Okay. So what's one thing you've purchased that's had the biggest positive impact on your daily life? Watercolor paints. Really? I mean, really, it's like, it's, it's just, yeah, just what, like, cause it's something that is not for any purpose other than to just create, you know, be yeah, expressive. Create. And exactly. you make beautiful watercolors, Bryce, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's a lot. I have piles and piles. I need to start like giving it away. Yeah. It's, it's, it's getting to be a lot, but, um, send me one as not- a postcard. What's one piece of advice, financial or otherwise, you'd give to your younger self? Invest. That compound interest is real. And 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 like automation, automate my savings. Automate it. Don't just rely on yourself to do it on your own. <laughs> just send off, you know, 10%, 20%, 30%, whatever it is. Love it. 5%. I love it. A woman after my own heart, Bryce. <laughs> well, you taught me that, Paco. <laughs> did you have, I'm curious, did you have any financial superstitions growing up? Not superstitions, just like I just didn't trust the, like, like the stock market and okay. just financial institutions in general, just yeah. feeling very suspicious of, of all of it. I would say that's kind of a superstition because you think like, if you, if you put your money here, then you're going to lose it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was like, if you, you might as well assume you don't have it. Right. Set it on fire, throw it out the window. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that if you put it in that you'll never have access to it again, and it might as well be gone. And if an emergency happens that you won't have access to it. And so the best thing you should do is just hold on to it and put it on your mattress, which is not the best thing to do, (laughs) which is not the best thing to do. Definitely not. Okay. Last one for you, Bryce. The you're going to have to get a little bit vulnerable here if you don't mind, but do you have any financial fumbles that you can look back on and laugh at? Oh my God. I mean, there's, there's a lot that I can like wince at, like <laughs> laugh at is like, I don't know if I have like total distance from, from everything. I would say that just the biggest dumbest fuck move <laughs> my life was like, t- like taking out a loan for a house and not paying interest for a long time. Ah. Wasn't that stupid? What do you mean? You you had well, a mortgage, you right? Loan, like, you know, you're supposed to pay, you you pay interest, you make interest payments, but not paying down the principal. Oh, that's what like, you're, yeah, yeah. Not at all. Right. So it was like, 
it, it was just like staying at like a plateau place but for for far too long but but i've made i've made so like so many just just so like i've made lots of mistakes because i haven't checked things in advance mm. where it'll be like oh sure send me a bill and then and like i would just be like what do you mean this is $20,000 like it just just you know not getting like yeah not asking right not just doing this yeah. Yeah. Me too. I do that too. Because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. And then, and so I won't ask like, so what's your rate? What's like, you know, what, what do you think the budget is going to be for this? Specifically, what I'm thinking about is an instance where very, very, very early on in my career, because I've never been sample size, the studio would hire a stylist who would then take my credit card and go buy things that was my size. And I got a bill one year for $40,000. That's rough. And it was because I was pregnant. And so there were no clothes like that they could borrow. And I was just like, what? What? I was like, return everything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. And I was just like, who goes out of, like, who can pay for this? Yeah. Who can pay for this? And so, you know, there's, like, I talked to an actress who is very petite and she was nominated for an Oscar and the stylist showed up, same thing, like needed a credit card. And she had like four roommates, like not in a position to be buying like really crazy things. And the stylist showed up the morning of the Oscars with a pair of shoes that were $900 and was like, these are your shoes. And she was like crying before going the Academy Awards because she was being like forced to wear these shoes that she knew was going to, like she wasn't going to be able to pay rent the next month. Like that's, that's crazy. That's twisted. That's really twisted. Dang. That's really twisted. Well, I didn't... Can, I, can I ask you, or do you, have oh, more, yeah. do you have more rapid fire? No, those are all my rapid fire, but let, yeah, let's turn the tables. What do you want to ask me? Okay. Let me see. I have a, I have a little list. I have a little list. I mean, I have it in my head, but I want to, I want to read it because it's more, more succinct. I'm so nervous. You're going to ask me really hard questions that I'm like, oh, Paco, it's like totally was like in our Google doc. Oh, okay. 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 (laughs) Great. I just, I, what I really want to know. So Paco, how do we plan for and invest in a future that we feel uncertain about in particular when you're working freelance? You told me you weren't going to ask me hard questions. And now I realize <laughs> that the questions at the bottom of the dock are the hard questions. Okay. How do we plan and invest for a future when we feel, we feel uncertain? Like about, especially when you're freelance, when you're working freelance. Okay. So I think the best way to quell that uncertainty is to really, one, focus on the things that you can control. Because there's a whole lot of things out there that we can't control. Like, I wish I could control when we went into a recession. I wish I could control what the damn interest rates are right now, what the housing prices are in Los Angeles, how everyone has this vibe about we have to tip like even more. Like I was, let me just say this. I was in a restaurant the other day and they charged me 18% tip and I was like, that's fine. And then they handed me the machine and then they were like, you don't have to tip. And it asked me for an additional two or 3%. I wish I could control the whole vibe 
so that those things don't happen so I don't feel like a shitty person. There's so much outside of our control, especially when you know we're working as a freelancer. So really hone your focus on the things that you can control. The lowest hanging fruits of things you can control are you know, what's going, what you're spending on, which I know that's going to be a sticky position today because inflation, things are are costly. But, you know, how you're using your resources, which means time, energy, care, and money. The other thing in terms of things that you can focus on that's low-hanging fruit is thinking about your own hangups around money. Like, what are the ways that maybe you're currently getting in your own way with your finances? For freelancers, some of the, you know, the common ones are underpricing. So a lot of people are not pricing themselves correctly. And a lot of times it's because kind of what you talked about earlier, where you're like, you don't want to upset anyone or you don't want to be mean or yeah, you're, it's awkward. It's awkward to ask for more money or you're in the mind of your client already thinking, oh, they're going to say no. So let me just discount it up front. So kind of finding the ways that you're maybe getting in your own way. And I don't say that because I don't say that in a in a way that I'm like, this is all your fault and you should be feel ashamed of yourself. I just mean that, you know, we're all weird about money. So once you explore why you're weird about money, that's the first step to changing, not be, you know, being a little bit less weird about money and then changing your behaviors when it comes to how you might be acting that on the outside looks like self-sabotage, but on the inside because you have like this friction of like these mixed messages and what you want versus what you believe. So double clicking on that and examining that. And then from a very practical perspective, I think you need to be really honest with yourself about what it is you're selling in the marketplace. And anytime you're playing in the marketplace, you're playing by the marketplace's rules. So, you know, when it comes to providing a service or selling a product, and you want to be able to make money to live off of that, you can't just go off of, you know, what feels right for you. You do have to take into account how other people are valuing the thing that you're making. What problem does it solve for them? Even art solves a problem, but you can still look at it through that lens, right? And and being realistic and honest about operating in the marketplace. And if you don't want to operate in the marketplace, then don't. But then there are other compromises that you have to make as a person trying to live on planet Earth because we need money. So there's that. And then I would say, you know, understand that your brain is really old technology and it, and it wants to focus on bad things because that's what allowed human beings to survive thousands of years. Our ability to see that water is contaminated, so we need to find a new water source, our ability to you know, scan our environment and feel like, oh my God, there's a saber-toothed tiger behind me. I got to do something about this. So we're in a new world with old technology. And so I think when you know that, you can kind of catch yourself when you're spiraling in thinking about oh, all this stuff you can't control. So small steps like that. I think those small steps are so key as well, because you don't make it mean something for the future. And that's kind of what I was saying about like, you know, the normalization of what, of what is, what you're going to face when you're a creative working in, you know, having a, having a career long-term over your life. Like it's, there's going to be, there's going to be different seasons. There's going to be like 
different challenges. There's going to be things that, that, that you're going to like expectations that you're not going to meet and disappointments and all of that, but just sort of like being willing to, to just take it a day at a time, take small steps and not just mean like, or, and not get to a place where you're like, oh, because of this failure, therefore I will never be able to, or because of this, that means blah, 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 because things are constantly shifting and changing. And that's why it's so important to have that consistent time with yourself every single week where you're checking in with whether or not it's your practice around money or your practice around your creativity and self-expression that you, that you're committed to consistently checking in because it is going to change. And if you keep being willing to check in and, and, take those little like micro evolutionary steps, overwhelm is not going to hit you as much. Totally. Amen to that, Bryce. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure, for sure. And then what would you say overall is just like in, in, in creative industries, trying to figure out the economics of it, you know, there's, there's so much, so much that's unethical and, so much corruption and it can be really, it can be just like really depressing and disappointing and all of that. And it's sort of like when you're not making money doing your creative stuff, there's like this, like somewhat it's its own kind of hardship, but there's like blissful ignorance. But then when you're starting to like make a living at your creative endeavors, it can be a real mind fuck. And so, and it's very weird. I mean, do you have any advice for people who are creative and making their living being creative and sort of like what to, how to approach it over the long haul? Oh, I don't have really great advice, Bryce, around this because, you know, now that I have experience coming up with an idea, selling it, you know, working with a large corporation on creating it and bringing it to the market, I feel very grateful for all of these opportunities. But what I've learned is the world does not value creativity as much as they value like more practical things. At least I would say from like a, like a more, you know, there's a divide, right? There are people who it's like a normal distribution. Like there are working class creatives there are musicians who are earning a fraction of the penny on Spotify. And then you have like the Justin Bieber's of the world and everything in between. Right. So I just think it's a really, it's hard to, I think, sometimes face and understand that the creativity in the marketplace is not as valued as it should be. And so people are struggling to make things work. People are having to stitch together different jobs to make a living. So sorry to paint a, a bleak picture, but let me see if I can lighten it up a little bit and say that, you know, I think that as long as you understand these power dynamics that you're entering into. And as long as you are, because I think if you are doing creativity in the marketplace, you, unfortunately, you are compromising your art in some way, shape or form, right? So one of the things that I experience or that I observe is my bookkeeping agency works with a lot of different production companies. And a lot of times the principals, right, the creative directors, they move to Los Angeles or some of them are in New York and they want to make films. They want to make beautiful artistic films that A24 are going to buy. That's what they want to make, right? But the marketplace 
is asking for commercials. So a lot of these folks are, you know, they are working on films with their friends or the overall vision is to sell your soul making ads and then eventually make films. And so they are compromising, right? They're making things for Nike and Bumble and Google, and that's how they're making it in the world. But because they're in the marketplace, they are using their creativity, but it's being shaped in a way that's not 100% just to create. And so when I hear you talking about your watercolors and the relationship I have with music, it's, you know, I think it's important for creatives to have those things. It doesn't have to be your main thing, but if you have these little things where you, you know, you're tinkering and you're exploring and nobody's asking you to make compromises on your watercolors, I think that's really, really healthy and really important. So I would say that, yeah, knowing that when you're in the marketplace, compromises are afoot. But if you can have things outside of the marketplace so that you can really not hold back on your self-expression. And then I think in the long run, you'll keep your soul intact, or at least it'll feel that way. Yeah, I think that's so true because it also gives you a touch point to like what it feels like when you have a pure relationship to kind of self-expression and learning new creative modalities and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it, it is, it is very, very important to keep, to keep that in your life and work begets work. Sure. So it is, it's like going out there, putting yourself out there, like getting on the court, it's, it's compromised and you see sort of like how people do it, all the different ways that people approach it. And, and it's, um, it's really, it's really interesting. It's really, really interesting. I've had, I've gone into some creative experiences where like stuff that's like for art, like we're doing it for art. And I'm like, why does this feel so oppressive? And then I've been in situations where we're like, I know we're doing this to like just for money or whatever. This feels so creative. This feels like this is using every single brain cell that I have. Like it's, it's, a, you can never kind of guess where, where things are going to land it with, with different projects, but, but being like being in opportunities where you can just work and collaborate and all of that is, is certainly the goal. It's certainly the goal for sure. I love that other perspective, Bryce. Now I've taken way too much of your time. Thank you so much for coming on here and just getting, you know, hanging out and chatting about uh, artistic creative struggles and things that we can do to have a sustainable career. Now I do want to mention that I did watch the trailer to Argyle and it looks great. I love that Dua Lipa's in it and what a wonderful, wonderful cast. It comes out in theaters on February 2nd. So everybody watch the trailer and make sure to go check it out. Bryce, is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with before I let you go today? Well, I'll just say that, that you know, thank you everyone for tuning in and thank you Paco so much for having me. And, and what I'll say to the listeners and to folks who, who regularly listen to your podcast is that they're all in really good hands and that Paco, like, really walks the walk. It's just been so wonderful to have had a relationship with you in the past and to get to see your work and everything that you're doing and the ways in which your work has impacted me because now it's been many, you know, many, many years. And so I want to encourage everyone to, to just keep 
keep listening to you, Paco, because I certainly am, you know, and I'm just very grateful for the, the space that you hold, you know, in this world for all of us to feel empowered and less weird about our money. Bryce Dallas Howard, you are a damn delight. And I look forward to many, many years of friendship. Thank you so much. Very much so, Paco. Thank you so much. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Thank you again for listening to Weird Finance. If you like the show, please express that like by giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help us out a lot. And if you'd like to receive even more content from me, you can sign up for my weekly email newsletter, The Nerd Letter. Each week, I'll send you a short email of things I've read and recommend. Sign up for it at thehellyagroup.com. Here we are at the end of another episode of Weird Finance, an iHeartMedia production, and just would not be possible without the help of many wonderful, caring, hardworking, and talented folks like my producer, Ramsey Yunt. He produced, edited, did some sound design, and he even sang a little bit on this episode. Thank you to my friends, Jenna and Andrew Parker, for lending your voices for this week's PSA. Our theme song was written and performed by me and my dear, dear friends, Jenna Parker and Andrew Parker. If you have any comments, questions about money, suggestions, or you want to be a part of the show, give us a call at 833-ASK-PACO. That's 833-275-7226. Or send us an email at weirdfinancepod at gmail.com. That's it. We'll catch you here next week. In the meantime, take care. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. 
That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.